Welcome to this week's podcast from Bethesda Church of God in Sumter, South Carolina. We hope you enjoy this inspiring message. For more information, check out our website at BethesdaCOG.org. From your innermost being, give him praise. Come on. Hallelujah. Come on. I believe we can give him praise. He's worthy. We don't have to wait until Thursday. We don't have to wait until Thanksgiving. Come on. Right now is a good time to let him know I love you. I praise you. I'm thankful for everything you've ever done for me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. I feel like the Lord wants to do uh, something special here today. I will tell you, I have a sermon that I would I would dare say I could preach for two hours out of this particular sermon, but I'm not going to do that. Relax. But I do feel like I need to bring something to you. I'm, I'm going to abbreviate this message because today I believe God wants to bring healing and deliverance and, and, and to, to every person that needs it. Somebody needs to hear what I'm getting ready to say this very moment. I was standing over there and, and I wrote this down because I felt like it was a word from the Lord. This is simply what the Lord spoke to me. Somebody needs to let it go. Have you ever had that it? That was like a rock in your shoe. Every step you took, you just couldn't ignore it. Some of you have an it that it wasn't your fault. Some of you have an it that life did it to you. But today you need to let it go whatever that is and you might say well preacher that's a whole lot easier said than done trust me i understand that but today the name of jesus is able to do something that al sims can't do and that it can dispel that it can be a thing of your past and we can move forward. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8. I would like for you to read this with me. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. I want you to read it again with me. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. I want it to get into your spirit. I want you to read it one more time with me. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. Father, thank you for the opportunity to deliver your word. Now, dear Heavenly Father, I pray that as I try to lift up Jesus, as I try to exalt him, I pray, my precious Heavenly Father, 
that Jesus would be exalted high above all. In the name above all names, I prayed. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I'm going to show you a, a few pictures of things that we beheld in the Holy Land, and I'm not trying to bore you with pictures. Um, but I was praying about what God would have me to preach, and, and this is how the Lord led me. But I really feel honestly today that I'm, I need to streamline this because I, I believe there is deliverance in the house. I want you to trust that name for your problem. I want you to trust that name for your deliverance. I want you to trust that name. Now we just came from the Holy Land and the Holy Land is a conglomeration of people. Uh, as Christians go over there, we think it's the Christian Holy Land. Much of what you would go and see if you went to the Holy Land is owned by the Muslims. And, and to be very honest with you, the whole area is designed to get money. It is a money-making place. That's what it's about. It happens to make, they happen to make money off of, of, uh, of holy shrines. And I'll be honest with you, if I was filthy rich, I would have a table out there and everyone who wanted to go to the Holy Land, I'd pay your way. I think it's that important. It's life-changing. I hope every individual here that's here and every person that hears me preach today will make an effort to go to the Holy Land. But it's, it's a conglomeration of Jews, Palestinians, Christians, uh, Muslims and, and many more and when you get there uh, it, it is you, you'll see very much that the Muslims have their shrines and and the Baha faith has their shrine and and all of them have places that they exalt their leadership they exalt their prophet they exalt the one who uh, brought their faith to a certain level. In fact, uh, over there, the Muslims will recognize Christians and they will recognize Jesus. They don't have any problem recognizing that Jesus Christ was a prophet. They'll give us that. He was a prophet. They just do not believe that he was the prophet. But I just want to tell you today, I've, I've been to the Holy Land two times and I've seen the many shrines of various faiths and I, I just must tell you there is something different. There is something different when you walk into certain places where Jesus walked. Where you look at certain places that Jesus dwelt. And I must tell you that we're not serving a, just a prophet. We're not serving just another man. We're serving someone very special. In fact, he was virgin born. And there is a picture here, Brother Roger, if you'll show that. 
uh, most all of the places that you would go to in the Holy Land, there is going to be a church or a, a cathedral or a mosque or something built on top of it. This was inside a church, and if you can look at it carefully, that looks somewhat like a fireplace, but it's actually just surrounded. And on the floor there, it's a marking. There, It's an intricate marking, and, and they believe that's the actual spot that Jesus, where he was born. Now, if you were there and looked to the left, you'd see a, a cave where... Uh, Joseph and Mary where they believe that they stayed but that's the spot that they say now whether it is or whether it isn't I can't absolutely tell you that that is the spot but I can tell you this that before time before anything was made that was made God ordained that his son would come and would be born and take on the form of human flesh. The difference is we're not serving just a man. We're not serving just a prophet. My God, I feel his presence in this place. The difference is he was virgin born, conceived of the Holy Ghost. Mary was moved upon by the Holy Ghost and God spoke to her, or the angel spoke and said, that which is conceived of you is, not, is of the Holy Ghost. It wasn't the seed of man. It wasn't from Adam, her husband, but she yielded herself and allowed the God child to be born through her. And because of that today, we have something special. We have a savior that came along. He, he was virgin born. He was different than the rest. I would like to dwell there, but I want to keep moving because he became a teacher. We had the opportunity to go to the Mount of Beatitudes, and there one of the people with us was uh, Reverend Flippo, and he began to preach about the Beatitudes. And I'd like to take time on that, but basically... Uh, in John, pardon me, in Matthew chapter 5, you'll find where Jesus outlined uh, the Beatitudes. Now, Beatitudes means happy, and, and uh, if you are doing those things, you are happy and blessed. That's what Beatitudes means, happy and blessed. It, it, the Bible tells us that blessed are uh, the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. And then he ended by saying rejoice and be exceeding glad. 
If we live by the Beatitudes, we're going to find that our life takes the path that Christ has ordained for us on this side of the, or on this hill, on this mount is where Jesus sat down and began to teach those people. But I want to tell you, Jesus is still teaching everyone who will listen to him today. Why we get in a lot of problems is because we don't listen to the teacher. Come on now. Every teacher in the house knows that students sometimes just don't listen. You give the instructions and they just don't pay attention. The great teacher has already outlined it for you and I. And if in the morning time we would say, great teacher, would you teach me the way? Tell me what path I need to go. I want to tell you, he won't guide you wrong. He will lead you in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Then he is a healer. And there was many places that we went where he performed miracles, but this is one of my favorite that I wanted to show you. And that is the pool of Bethesda, the pool of Bethesda. Now, uh, that, I, I was overwhelmed by how deep it was. And on one side of that would have been where they washed the animals. And on another side would have been a more shallow pool and it was probably where the, the man who had an infirmity for 38 years. My Lord God, someone hear what I'm getting ready to preach right now. Listen to me. For 38 years, a man laid on one of those porches waiting for the angel to trouble the water. Jesus came by his way and he asked him a question. He said, wilt thou be made whole? And, and instead of him saying yes, he did what many people do. He said, I have no man to put me in the water. In other words, I don't think he was trying. I don't think that he was trying to be rebellious. I think he was just doing what most humans do. He was finding an excuse. I'm pausing on purpose. I haven't lost my place. I want that to sink in. Will you be made whole? Well, I've got this ache in my hip and I've tried Advil. I've tried ibuprofen. I've tried, I did Granny's Remedy. I, I've done everything I know to do. And Jesus didn't ask you, did you try Advil and Ibuprofen? Come on now. Oh, this man needed a miracle. He needed help that he said, I have no man that can get me into the water quick enough. I've been waiting patiently, but no man has helped me because man will fail you. Man won't show up on time. Man will get self-centered. Man will be confident. I, I want to tell you, I am sure when the water was troubled, there was other people jumping over him going, sorry, dude, too bad, but I just happened to be able to get there ahead of you hopefully next time. But Jesus said, 
Wilt thou be made whole? I'm asking someone to hear today that question. Will you be made whole? Will you be healed? And look, I, I'm not asking you if you'll just be physically whole. Some of you are healthy as a horse, but mentally you're a wreck. Help me right now. Some of you are mentally whole, physically whole, but your home is a wreck. Your life is a wreck. Your life has been bad to you. And you need something today. I'm asking you, will you be made whole? You just don't know what my ex-husband did to me. You don't know the mean woman that I used to be married to. You don't know how my children behave. Look here, I didn't ask you uh, about the, the problem, what brought you there. I'm asking you today, will you be made whole? Will you let it go? Will you let it go? Will you let it go and let God do what he wants to do? There's healing in the name. There's healing in the name of Jesus Christ here today he was Jesus then said rise and take up your bed and walk immediately he received his miracle the next point is that there was a savior now sad to say this is an old picture here but sad to say this, this mount is, is uh, Calvary, Golgotha, and it is deteriorating very rapidly. If you will look, you, it was called the place of the skull. But you can kind of see where two eyes and a nose area and a mouth and, and in person, that's what it looks like. You don't have to guess it looks like, but it is deteriorating. Today it doesn't look that clear. But I want you to look up on there because on that mount is where the Savior of the world hung. People would look, walk by and they would see someone who was brutally beaten and was bleeding. And there was someone on there named Jesus Christ son of the living God he even said father forgive them for they know not what they do but there was some powerful words that he spoke from the top of that mount and he cried out and he said it is finished maybe you're not getting it when he cried that out, what he was crying is not, I'm dying. He was saying, what I've been sent here to do, I was sent here to provide healing. I was sent here to provide miracles. I've been sent here to provide life and that more abundantly. 
I've been sent here to forgive every person of every sin that they've ever committed, no matter how low they've gone. I've come to forgive them. He declared, I've done it, Father. You sent me here. I got it done. I've done it. And now he breathed his last breath. And because he said it was finished, I'm free. And you are free through the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm whole and you can be whole through the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm a new creature, creation. I am born again because he finished what he set out to do. And then pull up the tomb if you don't mind. This is the outside of the tomb and, and go ahead to the inside of the tomb. And that's exactly what it looks like right there. And, 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 and I just want to tell you, <laughs> hallelujah. I, they took us by shrine after shrine of other great religious leaders. <laughs> Our tour guide, that's where so-and-so was buried. That's where this one is buried. But when he got us there, we've got to walk in. I want you to look. There's no bones. <laughs> Hallelujah. There's no trace. Because Jesus overcame death. He overcame hell. He overcame the grave. Hallelujah. There was no grave that could hold him. He came out victorious. He was the God-man. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Had he just been a man, we wouldn't have been able to go in and see an empty tomb. We'd have seen a place where, where the bones were. We'd have been able to go and do our little shrine. We'd have gone and done our little thing in front of it. But praise be to God. He said, I am he that was dead, but I'm alive forevermore. You ask me how I know he lives, I've got a personal relationship going with him. You ask me how I know he lives, he lives within my heart. You ask me how I know he lives, I feel him in my spirit here today. Is there anyone else that knows he's alive today? Hallelujah. 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 Now, this next one, I'm just about through. This is a, a view going up to the upper room. I just want to tell you that that is a shrine, a place that I enjoyed myself. In fact, I felt bad for people who weren't Pentecostal going in to the main area of Pentecost. But I've got to share a little story that happened this time. Go ahead and show the inside of it. It's a lot smaller than I thought it would be. But the Bible says on the day of Pentecost, there was 120 believers in there. And they were sitting down. So that place was crowded. And so the Bible says 
And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the house where they were sitting. And they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now we were in there and man, we had a wonderful time. The Spirit of the Lord came down, and, and it was good, but I, I'll just be honest with you. There was a good many people in when we were there, and, and we, we were kind of worshiping in our area. Other people were worshiping, and it was time for us to have to leave, and so we, we walked out. And just outside the door was a, a patio area, and our group was there. Another group, I believe they were from Indonesia, had come in. But we didn't know. We were just leaving and letting other people come in. And all of a sudden, you hear people speaking in tongues and an old-time Pentecostal camp meeting is going on. <laughs> so we were, we were outside and we were talking. But that sound... You, you Pentecostal people know what I'm talking about, don't you? It's kind of like uh, I'm out here talking to y'all, but the party is in there. I, I, I was waiting for a little bit, and finally I said, hey, I, I got to go back. I went back. I got in there, and man, these people, they were having a full-blown revival service. I, I'm telling you, Holy Ghost move of God was happening. I walked back to our group after a little bit and, and it just kind of stopped me in my tracks. I said, my goodness, that's what happened on the day of Pentecost. There was people that heard, heard people, go back to that other picture, the outside. There was people outside that heard a noise going on on the inside. How is it that these people are speaking in, an in a language that they're uneducated and they're up there praising God and giving glory to God? And so a crowd gathered around. And, and Simon Peter comes out of that upper room anointed with the Holy Ghost. And he said, these men are not drunk with wine as you suppose, but these men are filled with the Holy Ghost. They have been experiencing what was prophesied in the last days. I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. I'm encouraging you. If you do not have the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you need the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Glory to God. And I want to end with this. If you'd go to, this is a, a view, basically the view that we had from our hotel right here. And that's the city of Jerusalem. But I want you to understand that where we were, was, where this picture is taken from is from the Mount of Olives. There's going to come a time. I, I, I got so excited. In fact, I even prayed even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. I'd have liked to have been on that mountain, but uh, I, I know in prophecy that wouldn't have been, that wouldn't have fit, but I still, <laughs> I'd have liked for him to come back while I was there. And I understand that. But from, from the top of that mountain, there's going to come a time that Jesus is coming back and he's going to put his foot down on that mountain. When he puts his foot down on that mountain, 
that mountain is going to split in two. Now that's prophecy. Now I, I want you to show the next picture. The next picture is the eastern gate. Now, uh, if I pointed it out, you would have been able to see the eastern gate from that previous picture. That, that's also called the golden gate. But I want you to understand that gate is blocked up. Jesus, when he comes back, is supposed to enter through that gate. There's something to this. The Muslims know the prophecy. They know that the, it's been prophesied that our Savior, our Holy One, our Messiah is supposed to come back through that gate. So they blocked it up. So that prophecy can't be fulfilled in their mind. Brother Mick, Rick Menzing and I were talking how foolish it is that our God can make a Red Sea split in two and for them to think that 16 feet of stone can't be removed. There's gonna come a time that he's gonna come through. And when he comes through, he's not gonna come through with that beaten, tattered man that died on the cross. This time he's gonna come back as King of Kings and Lord of Lords, hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Here's my last point. Give me that last picture. <laughs> oh, glory to God. Oh, glory to God. Now, y'all might think I'm fooling with you, but I'm, I'm telling you the truth. This is a fact. I came back with news. I, I, I want everyone to listen. Every one of you have been given an opportunity. If you're a Christian, you're going to get to go absolutely free to Israel. Every one of you. Oh, you can't be telling me the truth. I'm telling you the truth. Where do I sign up? You've already signed up. <laughs> that was part of your package. When you ask Jesus Christ to forgive you of your sins, he, he washed all your sins away. He cast your sins as far as the east is from the west, never to be remembered against you again. Oh, y'all work with me right here. I'd like to preach for four or five hours today. But listen to this. You might not go on a tour like I did, but you and I, all the saints of God are going to come back with Jesus and in this valley, this is called Megiddo. The, the battle of Armageddon will take place there. This, I, I wish I had time. I'm not gonna go into all the history of that. If you want more information, I'll talk to you later, but there's gonna be a big war take place there. Jesus is gonna come back with 10,000s of his saints 
do you understand when we come back this time, we're going to be coming back with the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, on the winning side. We're going to be coming back with joy and with power and with authority. We're never again going to have to fight like we fought the devil here. We're going to come back with victory. He will destroy the armies of the world with the brightness of his coming. And that trip is free. Already paid for. You got an aerial view of it? That's pretty much what we're going to be seeing. Are you ready? Are you ready? Now, I preached all this today to tell you that the one that I've gotten excited about today is alive. He's powerful. He's anointed. He hasn't lost one smidgen of his authority or power. And today, whatever your need is, he is able to meet it. Is your heart broken? He's a mender. Broken hearts. Are you sad and despondent? He can give you joy. Are you lost? He can become your savior. And I want to give you that opportunity here today. I'm going to ask all my altar team if they would come. I'm asking a question again. This time I'm asking it as a servant of God in behalf of Jesus. Will you be made whole? Will you be made whole? Preacher, it's 1219. I didn't eat breakfast. You're doing the same thing the man at the pool of Bethesda did. I've got to say this as you stand with me. I've had people come to me and they said, I need help. And I tell them, I, I don't have any money, but I've got some food. I don't need food. You're not hungry. If you've got to have a certain thing, a certain way, when you get hungry enough, you'll eat pine bark. If you really want to be made whole today, it doesn't matter if you don't eat the rest of the day. Will you be made whole? But can he do it for me? Hebrews 13 and 8. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today and forevermore. Would you bow your head with me, please? If there's anyone, I'm, I don't want to beg or plead. I, I believe that the Holy Spirit is here moving throughout. 
If there's anyone that would say, Preacher, I do not know Jesus Christ as my Savior. If I died, I wouldn't go to heaven. If I died, I would go to hell, and I don't want to go to hell. I want to be forgiven. I want to change my life today. I want him to forgive me of my sins. Would you just raise your hand up toward heaven? Preacher, that's me. I need Jesus. I need Jesus. I need Jesus. God, thank you for the hands that have gone up. I want to give you an invitation. Would you come to the altar right now? If you raised your hand, would you come? I know that that first step is the toughest, but just make that first step. I would love to pray with you down in the altar. Would you come? And if you can't work up the nerve, would you please at least pray where that you are? Jesus, please forgive me. Jesus, please come into my heart. This altar is open. If you're sick in your body, if there's anyone here today, uh, there's a sickness going on and you need healing. Listen, I really feel impressed to pray for the sick. If you're sick in your body, I want you to come to my left. You're right. And we want to pray for everyone who is sick. You might even want to start the line over that way because I want to pray for you. Maybe there's others that you would say, Preacher, my problem is not physical sickness, but I've got, I've got an issue going. I've got something that is messing me up. And I really need help. Would you come to my right, to your left? Would you come right now? Would you make your way? Those who need healing in your body, come to my left, your right. Those who need anything. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope that you were inspired to live a life of purpose for Jesus Christ. For more information, check out our website at BethesdaCOG.org. God bless.